20 down to verse number 29. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came every one whose heart stirred him up, and every one whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets and all jewels of gold, Every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and red skins of rams and badger skins brought them. Every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass uh, brought the Lord's offering. And every man with whom was found shittim wood for any work of the service brought it. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. And the rulers brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate and spice and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made him willing to bring for all, uh, for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. Let's pray. Father, tonight, how we need to be stirred in our spirit by you. Lord, stirred to desire to do things for you, to want to serve you with all of our heart, Lord, with all that you've given to us. Lord, everything that we have belongs to you. And Lord, you have entrusted that into our watch care. We are overseers over those things. Lord, I pray that we might be faithful ministers, faithful stewards of our tithes, our talents, and our resources. And Father, may you be pleased. And may your work go forth. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. You know, people can get stirred up about many things, can they not? The picture of a hungry child uh, stirs our heart to want to do uh, something to give to help with that need. Situations that seem unfair stir us up. I think of the, the Olympics several years ago when there was a marathon, when a Brazilian man was running for the gold and... Uh, as he was running, a spectator came out of the stands and uh, went and ran out on the track where this guy was, and it, it just kind of discombobulated him. He said, well, that wasn't fair. That, was, that man shouldn't have been out there. And people get all stirred up about that. Some people get stirred up about the elections. Um, some people are still stirred up about the elections that we've had in the past. Some people get stirred up about the Grizz football because we're here in Montana and boy, I tell you what, they get stirred up about the Grizz football game or winning. You know, we can easily get stirred up about life uh, and our own little world. That which might stir up one individual may not stir up someone else. Many times we find ourselves getting upset with others which don't get stirred up like we do. Uh, that seems to be so obvious uh, about the need of action to be taken in order to fix a situation uh, it may not appear to be a big deal to one person. You know, it's all about our perspective, though. What matters to 
most of us will move us to respond. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6, 21, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In Exodus chapter 35, we find Moses instructing the people to bring an offering to the building of the tabernacle. And let's all stand. Um, the place of worship of God. God had instructed Moses about building this central place of worship. This was different than, than uh, what had been on before. Man would no longer offer sacrifices wherever he wanted. There would be one place where the offerings uh, would be brought and sacrificed. Before, each man was the, uh, the priest, if you would, the father priest of his own family. It's kind of like Job. Remember, he was remembering in Job 1.5 uh, about his children as they were having a feast day and coming together that, that they might say something or do something that would uh, offend the Lord and so that he offered sacrifices for them during that time. Now the people were to come and they were to bring their sacrifices. An individual would bring his lamb and he would put his hand on that lamb and the priest representing God would put his hand on top of that person and then he would slay the lamb. God accepting the sacrifice. God had commanded worship to be done in a certain way in a certain place which was different than what they knew down in Egypt. The Egyptians worshipped various items and various people. For example, Pharaoh was looked to as a god, and people would worship him. Someone has said that all the plagues, those ten plagues that they had down in Egypt, uh, were various gods that the people had worshipped, like the frogs and the Nile and the blood and uh, the water uh, turned to blood and flies and frogs. Can you imagine worshipping a fly? Um, but that's what they did. They worshipped all these things. I can't imagine worshipping a cow. Uh, people say, well, you know, just let your, that cow just kind of wander in, or, in, or, in and out of your house in India. If that cow wants to come in, you just open the door and let it come in, do its thing, whatever it may be. I'd bring it in. It wouldn't go out, though. <laughs> Amen. You know, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's USDA on the hoof. <clears throat> In this first part of the chapter, Moses has disclosed the plan of the tabernacle. What would the people do? Would they get behind what he had said? In verse number 20, we find that all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And in verse 21, we find that a group of people whose heart had been stirred in doing something for the Lord came back. We need to ask ourselves the question, is my heart stirred to do something for God? You know, we need to be stirred for God. Not just stirred for a moment, but stirred to action. That what our life would be about would be about the things of God. There's a song that goes in the words that talks about this. I'm tired of being stirred, but not being changed. Quite often people get stirred in the, in, the, in the house of God, but that's as far as it goes. When they go outside the doors, it's like there's no change that's taking place in their heart and in their life. We want to consider the idea stirred up for the Lord. I want you to see as we look at this tonight, as we look at these verses, stirred hearts made willing hearts. Stirred hearts made willing hearts. Look at verse number 21 as we go back to this portion of Scripture. 
And they came everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for the holy garments. Israel, when coming out of Egypt, were, was made up of two groups. One was the Israelites. The Israelites were the people that believed in the promises of God. God had promised them a land. He was going to take them into a land flowing with milk and honey. They were looking forward to the promised land. They were focusing on the promised land. But there was another group that went along with the nation of Israel. And it's known as the mixed multitude. When we talk about mixed multitude, you say, what are you talking about? Well, they were part Israelite and something else, probably Egyptian. You read about in the scriptures that the mixed multitude, they weren't, when, the, when they set up camp, the Israelites set up their camp, the mixed multitude were outside on the fringes of the camp. They weren't part of the center group. They were on the fringes. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 12 and verse number 4. Numbers chapter 12 and verse number 4. I want you to see, as we consider this mixed multitude, Numbers chapter 12 and verse number 4. The mixed multitude, they were, like I said, part Egyptian, part Jew. They just kind of wanted to be together. They wanted to be, had the best of both worlds. And here in, in, in um, Numbers chapter 12 and verse number 4, notice what it says. Um, I'm in Numbers 12. Yep, I'm in Numbers 12, but it's the wrong portion. Uh, might be 11. Yes, try 11. There we go. Yes, 11.4. There we go. 11.4. Uh, thank you. And the mixed multitude that was among them, among the Israelites, fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the, and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away, and there is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. Notice what it says here. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting. The people that were out on the fringes, the people that were part Egyptian and they were part Israel, they remembered back in Egypt. They remembered the things that were back there. They were torn between going on with God and staying in Egypt where they had all these things. You know, the past has a strong pull on many individuals. A religion that they once grew up with that might be in a, in a different situation, a list of do's and don'ts, which never provide a relationship with the Lord as I share with you this morning. It pulls people uh, to hold on to what they knew in the past rather than moving ahead in the truth of God's word. Uh, Sometimes when we think about things of the past, the stronghold of, of the past sinful life sometimes causes us not to move forward. The calls, uh, it, that old sinful life calls people to go back to the old way of life, to live how they used to live, rather than moving forward for the Lord. Sometimes things of the past, the hurts and disappointments of the past are like cords which are holding on, and uh, they stop people from taking a step of faith forward for fear that they will be hurt once again. 
Folks, can I tell you, we cannot live our life as a Christian like an ostrich. We can't put our head in the sand. There's going to be hurtful times in your life and in mine as we step out by faith to live for Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul would have done nothing for the cause of Christ if he would have looked at the times when he was uh, maligned or when he was beaten uh, and said, well, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm not going to go through this anymore. But instead, he committed it unto the, uh, unto the Lord and he left that with God. Folks, may I share with you, there will be disappointing times in our life. We must learn from those times and move on. We must cut through the cords uh, which are holding us back and move on. The plea had been made for the people to bring the offering unto the Lord for the house of the Lord. As Moses had put forth the plea, he had encouraged the people, go back to that portion back in Exodus chapter 35 and verse 5. Exodus chapter 35 and verse 5. Moses says, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Notice, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it. An offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skin dyed red and badger skins and shittim wood and oil for the light and spices for anointing oil and for the sweet uh, incense and onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod for the breastplate. You know, as we see here, the the uh, the call has been the call has gone out. Moses was calling for those who were of a willing heart. That word "willing" in the Hebrew it means the people who were inclined, the people who were generous, the people who were noble, the people who were willing. This offering, my friend, was for the Lord. It wasn't for Moses. It was for the Lord. God had delivered them from the bondage. This was the, uh, for the tabernacle, the place of worship, to worship God who had promised to bless them with a lamb. Moses was looking for willing hearts. For willing hearts. You know, I think as Moses was thinking about this, you remember as he's going out, some Bible scholars think that there was a million and a half Jews when they left Egypt. Some think of a higher number, probably about three million Jews. I think Moses in his heart would love to have everybody to have a willing heart to bring something to God. That would have been a blessing. That would all, you know, that they all would understand how great God is. That they'd all want to be a part of God's work. But I want you to notice back in Exodus chapter um, 35, where we were a moment ago, verse 21. Notice the words in verse 21. Well, let's go back to verse 20. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. All the people departed. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up and everyone whom his spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work. I submit to you that not all came back with something. All departed, but only those whose hearts were stirred came back. Not everyone responded to the plea. Not everyone st was stirred to action. They, they uh, were in a group of Israel, but they were not all on the same page spiritually. 
You know, that was obvious from Exodus chapter 32. Remember in Exodus 32, we find Moses up. He's been up in the mountain for 40 days, 40 nights receiving the Ten Commandments. He's having a wonderful time with the, with the Lord. And down in the, down in the valley, Aaron is down there, and the people have said, you know what, we don't know about Moses, wherever this man is. You know, we don't know what's happened to him. So uh, uh, they, Aaron, well, you got to do something. And so Aaron says, well, bring all your gold earrings and stuff, and they cast him into the fire, and, and he shaped a golden calf, remembrance of what they did in Egypt. And they, he said, These, this be your God. And here the people were down there. They weren't on the same page as God. Remember, God and Moses are talking. God tells Moses, Tells Moses, go down, and I'm just going to wipe these people out. They, break it all, they broke all the Ten Commandments. They weren't on the same page. They didn't want spiritual things. They were wicked. They had the worldly music. They had the worldly dancing. They had all that stuff. They were worshiping idols. And Moses comes down, and, and as he's coming down, Joshua says, you know, because Joshua had been up there, not up in the, with him at, uh, at the total part of the mount, but he was waiting for him there. He was waiting on him down the mountain. And here Joshua says, man, it sounds like a sound of war. He says, no, it's not a sound of war. It's uh, the sound of music I hear. You know, a lot of this so-called music today sounds like war. It's such chaos and such uh, discord. And uh, I was listening. You know, you don't, even have to, you don't even have to know the words of songs anymore. You go in and listen to some of these uh, these uh, musicians that they put on at Super One down there, and you can't understand what they're saying. They just got, yeah, 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 and they're, and they're screaming, and they got their guitars cranked up, and they're just uh, screaming to the top of their lungs, and uh, you just have to do that a few times, and you just put it in a loop, and you just keep doing it over and over and over, and that's a song. Moses said, you know, it's not the sound of, it's not the sound of war, it's the sound of music. And when he saw the people and their nakedness, and he saw the dancing, he saw the golden calf, he took the Ten Commandments and he broke them. And he said, now who's on the Lord's side? Now of the 12 tribes of Israel, only the tribe of Levi came and joined with Moses. And Moses said, put on your sword and go in and out amongst the people and, and slay them. Not everybody was on the same page with God. Not everybody wanted the things of God. Not everybody wanted to walk with God. Remember, 3,000 people died that day. Not all those who were in the group with Israel were really believers, just as all that come into the church are not really Christians. There are some who are just curious about what's going on. Perhaps they want to have a place to meet people. Insurance salesmen, businessmen, boy, this is my prospect list. I can come to church, and I've seen it over the years, where people have come in and they, they just start, you know, hey, how are you doing? And they're, they're putting people's names down, and uh, they're writing those things down. And let me just share with you here at Galilee Baptist Church, uh, we don't do that. We don't do that with our church directory. We don't put it out. Uh, some people say, well, I'd just like to have the church directory. Why do you want to have the church directory? Well, you know, I, I just need to contact people. No, no, that it's not a contact list for your business. And we're to pray for one another. We're to encourage one another. Others may be convinced that what Jesus, uh, Jesus is their Savior, but they are not willing to let the world go by. You know, they're, yes, they've gone beyond the curious stage, they're convinced that Jesus is the Savior, 
But you know what? That world, I want that world too. There's too much of the world in the ship, as somebody has said. I don't want to give up my occasional beer, my, my going to the nightclub, the movies, my smoking, the bad habits, uh, to follow Jesus all the way. I don't want to do that. I, I just want to know that I, I'm on my way to heaven. But then there are those who come to church who are like Israel, like these people we're talking about who were committed to the Lord. The desire of their heart is to sing the song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Have Thine Own Way. They get stirred up about the things of God. Serving God is a great opportunity. How can I serve God? What can I do for the Lord? They want a closer walk with the Lord. They want to glorify the Lord in and through their life. They want to help the work of God to go forward. Man, they just give me something to do for God. Folks, you heard it again. You've heard the same saying that I've shared with you many times. Only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Brother Rasmussen shared that the other night. He said, Pastor, it sounds like it was coming out of your voice. Well, you know what? There's only one truth, folks. And the reality is that time is coming soon. Those in Israel whose hearts were stirred about the need for God's work to go forward uh, willingly did their part. But not everyone's heart was stirred to respond to God's call. The question, what will I do when the Lord speaks to me? When the Lord speaks to me, what will I do? Sometimes we can get so preoccupied with what others are not doing that we refuse to do what God's calling for us to do. Jonathan Edwards, the preacher used by the Lord to begin the great spiritual awakening in the colonial America, was a man of conviction. At the age of 19, he wrote in his diary, resolved that all men <coughs> excuse me, should live to the glory of God. And then he added, Resolved, second, that whether others do this or not, I will. Others may not respond to an invitation, but what is God telling you to do? Others may not go soul winning, but what is God telling you to do? Others may not want to read their Bible and pray, but what is God telling you to do? Is God stirring your heart? Is He leading you to do something for Him? What will you do? Gypsy Smith was a great evangelist, and he was once asked how to start a revival. He answered, go home, lock yourself in the room, kneel down in the middle of the floor, draw a chalk mark all around yourself, and ask God to start the revival inside that chalk mark. And when he has answered your prayer, the revival will be on. The Lord had stirred up some of the hearts of those people to do his work, and it made them willing to do their part. Oh, that God would stir up some of the hearts here at Galilee to see the need of reaching our valley for Jesus that we would be willing to do our part to further the cause of the Lord, not content just to be spectators, but to be participants in the ministry of the gospel. I want you to see a second point that we see in this portion. The stirred up heart was a sacrificial heart. Look at verse 22. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and they brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets and 
all jewels, uh, all jewels of gold, and every man that offered offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen, goat's hair and red skins of rams and badger skins brought them. Every one that did offer in an offering of silver and of brass brought the Lord's offering, and every man with whom was found Chittim wood for any work of the service brought it. And all the women did, uh, did were wise-hearted, did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. Folks, I think as we stop and as we think of this, when the Lord gets a hold of our heart, we are willing to give to the Lord whatever he requires. Whether it be our time, whether it be our talent, whether it be our resources, whether it be our tithe, we're willing to give it to the Lord because he stirred up our heart. We don't begrudge him what he asks, but rather we look forward to do whatever we can to bring him glory. Look with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Here is a church under great persecution because of the cause of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 1. Notice as we look at this, it says, Moreover, brethren, we would do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of, the, of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality, their giving to God. For to, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, that they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift. Now here he's talking about the gift that would go down and it would help those that were down in, uh, in uh, Jerusalem. They were going through a time of famine and so forth, and they were trying to help out the church that was there. That we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, notice, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. They first gave their selves to God and then they gave to others. Folks, I submit to you today that when you uh, give yourself to God, you give yourself to God. When you give yourself to God, you say, God, here I am. Some people say, well, God, here I am, but don't touch my pocketbook. Well, can I tell you something? Then God doesn't have you. When you give yourself to God, you say, God, here is my life. You do with it whatever you want. Here is my resources. Here is my wealth. Here is all that I have. It's called surrender. I surrender all. As somebody said with some of the songs, we should rename the songs. I surrender some. Not I surrender all. I think that we need to understand these people when they came to that place in this church, uh, church at uh, Macedonia. These people, they, they loved the Lord. They gave him their all. And so they gave to the work of God. It wasn't just the rich who gave. If we look back at that portion back in Exodus chapter 35... But notice in verse 22, And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted. 
men and women. It wasn't just the rich. You say, well, you know what? The rich have it, have it better uh, to give unto the Lord because they have it to give. Can I be honest with you? Much of the work of God's work is not, is not carried on by the rich people. It's carried on by poor people. You say, how do you know? Because God takes the money of the poor and multiplies it and uses it. I've seen over the years where people who've had lots of money are stingy with it and don't want to let it go. Whereas a person who doesn't have much, you know what, Lord, I love you. I consider, as we said this morning, I think just because he loves me so, Lord, I want to give what I have to you. And they give, and sometimes they give more than the people that are the rich. See, God is looking at our heart. He's looking at our sacrifice. It's not a whether we have lots of wealth or not. Do we have a willing spirit to give to God? The key point, those who have a willing heart gave. It's amazing to see how the Lord can take that which is little that we give to him and stretch it to meet the needs of his work. I think of the little boy who had five loaves and two fishes. He didn't have much. That would have been just a good, good sized lunch. But Jesus could take it and feed 5,000. I don't think that that little boy that day that he gave that little lunch to the Lord thought he was going to be able to do much with it. There are a lot of people there. But the Lord can do much. Little is much when God is in it. We may not have a lot to give, but the Lord speaks when he does and tells us to give. What do we do? We need to leave the end results up to God. Two wealthy Christians, a lawyer and a merchant, joined a party that were going around the world. Before they started on their trip, their minister earnestly asked them, he said, if you see something, you observe something uh, that's interesting, uh, take some pictures and, and notice those things on your travel. Well, you know, the, the men promised, they kind of carelessly, you know, yeah, if we see anything really interesting, we'll notice, we'll, we'll, we'll record that for you. One day when they were in Korea, they saw a field by the side of the road, and a boy was pulling the crude plow while the old man was behind, and he was uh, directing the cart below or behind him. The lawyer, he was kind of amused at that, and he took a snapshot of the scene. And uh, the man said, well, that, you know, that's a curious picture. I suppose that they were very poor. That's why the young man was down there uh, pulling that card. And the missionary, who was the interpreter for this, uh, for this group, said, well, yes. He said, uh, that family is uh, the Chai Noya family. And when the church was building a building, uh, they were eager to give something to it, but they didn't have any money. All they had was their ox. And they, gave, they uh, sold the ox and gave the money to the church. So this spring, they're pulling the plow by themselves. The lawyer and the businessman, uh, they were silent for a moment, and, they, and the, then the businessman spoke up. He says, well, that must have been a real sacrifice. The missionary responded back and said, well, you know, they didn't call it that. They thought it was fortunate that they had an ox to sell. Different perspective, folks. What have you sacrificed for the Lord lately? 
For some, we need to give God control of our life. For others, you may need to give God control of your finances. And for still others, you may need to surrender your time and your talents for the Lord to do as He chooses. I want you to see the third point in this portion of Scripture. Stirred hearts enjoy giving. Stirred hearts enjoy giving. Over in chapter 36, verse 4, and set, well, 4 down to verse 7, the people gave and they gave for the work of God. Boy, they needed, they needed the, the finances, they needed the things for the work of God to go forward, and, and it came to a point that the workers finally had to tell them, it's enough, you've given too much, stop giving. You know what, I've never heard that in the church, all the years I've been in church. But notice what it says in this portion. And all the wise men, this is chapter 36, verse 4, wrought all the work of the sanctuary, came every man from his work which they made. And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman take any more uh, work for the offering for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. You know, it's fun to give to the Lord. It's fun to give to the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians, it talks about the Lord loveth a cheerful giver, a hilarious giver. Well, I guess I've got to give something. Well, you know what? Why don't you just keep it to yourself? Because if you've got that attitude, can I tell you something? That's not a thankful attitude. God doesn't need it. God loves to give to his people. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's in this portion. You can read this at home, but 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I want you to see an interesting statement that the Lord gives here. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 6. But this I say, the Apostle Paul speaking, this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall what? Reap sparingly. You sow sparingly, you give little to God, then God's going to give little back to you. Well, why is it I just can't hardly make it from, from paycheck to paycheck? I don't know how, have you cut God out of the picture? Have you stopped uh, giving to him? Have you, have you started stealing from God? God says when you do that in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 10, he says you're, you're cursed with a curse. It's not Pastor Walker. It's not my money. I'm just telling you what God says. God says, shall a man rob God? Wherein have we robbed God? In tithes and offerings. We can rob from God. And here he talks about this. If we sow sparingly, we're going to reap sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he hath purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. That word cheer, uh, a cheerful is the idea of hilarious. Man, praise God, I get to give to God. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God says, I'm able to take it and, and make and expand and give you far more when you give me what you have. Years ago, it was a custom for the people to bring their gifts to the front of the church. 
And a well-known preacher was making an appeal to the people to give for a good cause. Many came to present their offerings, uh, their love offerings, and, and among them was a little crippled girl who hobbled uh, along the end of the line, and she had a special ring on her hand. It was very precious to her. And she pulled that ring off, and she laid it on the table and then went back into her aisle. After the service, an usher was sent to bring the little girl to the pastor's office, and so the little girl came to his study, and he, and he said, My dear, you know, I, I saw what you did, and it was beautiful, but, but the response of the rest of the people was so great, we really don't need to take your ring and use your ring. He was trying to hand the ring back to the little girl, and to, her, to his surprise, the girl kept shaking, his head, or shaking her head, and she refused it. She says, you don't understand. I didn't give my ring to you. I gave my ring to God. Folks, tonight, is God stirring your heart to give your life to him? Perhaps you're not saved, but you need to be. Jesus wants to save you today. Perhaps the Lord is stirring your heart for service. And don't just be stirred. Be changed. Put into action what the Lord is telling you to do. Maybe the Lord is challenging to give some part of your life to Him. Why not give Him your life today? And let Him do with your life what He desires. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we pray today that we might be stirred to action. Lord, may we not look at what others are doing or not doing, but Father, when, you're, when you speak and your voice is heard, and we know that you're speaking to us, Father, may we listen, may we obey, and Father, may we have a cheerful heart about what you desire for us. God, I pray right now tonight for these dear folk. I don't know what you're speaking to them about, but I do know, Lord, that your spirit has been here tonight to speak to us. Father, for some of us tonight, you've stirred us. You've stirred us in the area of finances. You've stirred us in the area of our time and our talent. We've been hiding our, our light under a bushel. We've, we've been hiding uh, the, the things that you've given to us and the, the abilities that you've given to us instead of using it for you. God, I pray that you'd change your heart. Lord, that we might have a heart that's yielded to you in all things, that we might be seeking new ways to serve you and to reach out and to be a blessing to you and to others. Father, we need you tonight to open our eyes. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed tonight, Maybe God's stirring your heart about maybe your area of service. Maybe it's the area of giving. God is speaking to you about something. Maybe it's full-time service, and God says, you know what, tonight you need to give your life to me. You know it. You've been battling with him for a long time. And tonight he's saying, you know what, 
What is it going to take? When are you finally going to give your life to me? When are you going to give your resources to me? When are you going to give me your tithe, your talent? Tonight can be the beginning of surrender of your life if you'll just follow through with what God calls you to do. Will you not yield to him tonight? If you're not sure you're saved tonight, you can be saved. Just come and receive Christ as your Savior. Dear Father, we pray for each of these dear folk that are here tonight, how attentive they've been to the Word of God. Father, I pray that it's stirred our hearts. And Lord, may we be a changed people. Father, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. Brother Scott's going to lead us in a song of invitation. As he comes and as he leads us tonight,